When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mel, I am so excited to, honestly, so excited to interview you. I was really thrilled to get my my big box. I was going to say little box, but here's my box and open it up with all these treasures inside and and the book. And I sat down and consumed the book. And I mean, I'm a great reader and I read a lot. And I'm like, I've highlighted, I've dog-eared, I've, you know, this book is, you know, it's really, it's really done something for me. And I'm in this field. And so I just wanted to thank you for joining me today and for the work you do and for what you bring to the table in terms of just helping us to just to accept ourselves. It's phenomenal. So welcome and thank you. Well, thank you. So I would love to know, what did the book do for you? Well, you know, I'm a neuroscientist, as you know, and I've spent years in this field of psychoneurobiology. So you kind of think you, you know, you get a very good understanding of the, 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 the brain-mind-body connection. But the simplicity of the high five, just, you know, and I tried it and I thought, you know, all these, I teach my patients when I used to practice and I teach people a lot about preparing the brain and then doing the work and things like meditation and breathing and all those things prepare the brain because you've got to use your mind to prepare the brain but I'd never thought of the high five now this is an incredible thing with your permission I'm going to tell people listen this is a fantastic way of preparing the brain because I started doing my own little research on your research and trying it out and seeing what did it do for me personally in that moment in the mirror and, you know, put it as you, the way that you carry it through. So it did a lot for me in terms of understanding this is really a good way to calm my, my neurophysiology down. I definitely felt a change. And honestly, it's, it's such a simple little thing. It, it, and it just sort of made the work of doing whatever else you do easier. So I really started testing it. How's that? So you're, yeah, you're neuroscientist, I, your new neuroscientist friend is busy <laughs> testing your stuff. There you go. <laughs> I absolutely love it. So when you said that it's preparing the brain, when you stand in front of the mirror and, you know, again, you know, the high five habit is very simple. And I would love with your, and of course, you have my permission. Everybody listening has my permission to take this tool and to share it and use it however you can to help yourself, to help other people, to heal. And so with your permission and your expertise, I would love to sort of unpack each step of this because you know I am not a PhD trained neuroscientist. I am not a licensed therapist. I discovered the high five habit because I had fallen into a mental hole and I was having trouble digging myself out of it. And I know that simply talking to yourself doesn't necessarily change the way that you feel physiologically. It doesn't change the default patterns in your brain. And so one morning, as I was standing in front of my mirror and I catch my reflection and I'm like, Ugh, which is like literally what most of us do, I just raised my hand to the woman in the mirror because she looked like she needed a high five. She looked defeated and tired and overwhelmed. And honestly, I couldn't even think of anything to say to myself in this moment where I felt like life was punching me in the face. And the high five shifted something. And so I would love to unpack 
for your audience, kind of step-by-step what I noticed, and maybe you could explain to all of us what's actually happening from a neurological standpoint, a psychological standpoint, because the the action itself is very simple. It's right after you brush your teeth, take a moment, stare at yourself in the mirror, which is the hardest part for most people, by the way. So we're going to talk about this. And then you're going to raise your hand and we're going to unpack all of the kind of various things you might feel. And I'll tell you my theory as to why I think people are feeling this. And maybe you can help us understand really from a brain standpoint and a psychology standpoint, what's going on. And then I'll tell you sort of the, do- the documented impact that this is having in people's lives. And, you know, hopefully you can help us understand that. Does that sound okay? Oh, it sounds amazing. I mean, I just love this. I love, I love interviewing someone who just has got it all so... This is beautiful. I love this. It's going to be an amazing discussion. But, you know, let's, Mel, before we dive in, let's backtrack and let's tell everyone what we're talking about. This is your latest book, The High Five Habit. You also had a fantastic book, The Five Second Rule, which was a global phenomenon. And you've taught millions of people how to the five second secret to motivation. So let's just throw that in maybe somewhere along the along the line as well, because I love that too. People love sure. something short and quick. And I love the fact that your work is preparing people. It's preparing people to look at themselves differently. And if you don't do that, the rest of the the rest of the time is a mess. This podcast is called Cleaning Up a Mental Mess. My latest book is called that. And that's what I believe you prepare people to do. You kind of put that preparation phase to help people to to accept and, and go through the messiness of life and repair and grow. So that's how I see your stuff. So can you tell us just a little bit more dive background, a little bit about the book and why you did it, who you are? Most people do know, but just in case they don't, and then let's unpack exactly what you said. I, I, love, I love what you suggested. Fabulous. Thank you. So the high five habit, I can see why you and I enjoy and admire each other's work so much because both the five second rule and the high five habit, number one, do help you clean up the mess. And ironically, I discovered both of them, not because I was researching anything, but because I had dug a hole or I'd fallen into one in my life and I needed to manufacture a ladder out of thin air in order to climb out of the hole that I was in. So my brand and version of personal development, whether it's good or bad, It typically involves me hitting a wall or falling into a hole and having to figure a mess out, clean up the mess. And it's in the cleaning up of the mess or the living through the mess or the standing in the mess that I discover small, simple things that help me move through it, clean it up, learn from it. And so the high five habit is this very simple thing that on its face seems absurdly stupid. And it is just this. I want you to start every morning by adding a high five in the mirror to your morning routine. And what happens when you start to add a high five in the mirror to yourself as part of your morning routine is it absolutely breaks apart decades of subconscious programming in your mind, body, and spirit. It helps your brain in particular create new programming that impacts how you see yourself, how you see what you're capable of, what you think you're worthy of. And the most exciting thing about this high five habit is that you're not actually learning anything new because what I believe you're doing, and you'll be able to kind of help 
us understand this is I believe that you're taking this neural association that you have with a high five and high fiving other people, and you are unlocking all of that lifetime of positive programming that's already in your brain and already in your nervous system, and you are aiming it back at yourself. And what that does is, is, is it changes the way you see yourself. It changes the way you treat yourself. It changes the way you feel about yourself. It changes your mood. It is just extraordinary. And I believe, you know, the book's only been out for three weeks. And I believe that we are just scratching at the surface of what this can actually do for people. And what we've already learned is extraordinary. Proper hydration is so important when it comes to our mental and brain health. But it can be really hard to remember to drink enough water or get the right nutrients, especially when you have a busy schedule or are always on the go like me. This is why I love LMNT, electrolyte drink mixes. Not only are they delicious, I love their new watermelon salt flavor, and easy to travel with, but they are filled with everything you need and nothing you don't. LMNT is formulated to help anyone with the electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for people following a keto, low-carb or paleo diet. All of their products contain a science-backed electrolyte ratio and are completely junk-free. No coloring, no artificial ingredients, no sugar, no gluten and no fillers. This is why LMNT is my go-to electrolyte drink and trusted by many of the world's leading health experts and athletes, including Team USA Weightlifting, dozens of professional sports teams across the NFL, NHL and NBA, and Navy SEAL teams. For a limited time, you can claim a free LMNT sample pack. You only have to cover the cost of shipping, which is just $5 for US customers. Each sample pack includes seven packets of LMNT, one of every flavor, and the offer is limited to one time per customer. For more information and to claim your free offer, visit drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. I totally agree with everything that you say, and I'm thrilled that you are opening, helping to open a new way of us looking at ourselves. Because a couple of things that you say in the book that, I mean, I just keep going through and saying, wow, this, this lady really knows what she's talking about. You've really seen the inside from from the other side. And it's very often, Mel, you've probably heard this. It's it's very often when you're just outside of a paradigm that you shift a paradigm. And, you know, that's, you say you're not a PhD and you're not a this and that, but you, you, you're looking in on, on humanity and on life. And the so-called experts on humanity and life are so immersed and stuck in the, in the stuff. You don't always see the stuff. And I've also come at, at my field from a similar angle. You know, I'm a, a clinical neuroscientist and, and communication pathologist. And I've had all the training in psychology, but I've had it from a medical perspective and a science perspective. So it's kind of another angle looking in. And I feel, I kind of almost feel this, I feel an affinity because you look at things differently. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time for people to actually catch on. And they haven't with a high five, which is amazing. But what, what I think is, is people are ready and prepared. You make a comment as well in the book about this is not positive psychology. And I thought, okay, I really like you even more. Because when you said that, I mean, I already did like you. I thought, this is, you, you got this because we can't just do what you already said. You wake up feeling awful. Okay, I'm going to say my 10 gratitude statements. You know, your, your whole non-conscious mind and subconscious, and we can talk about that in, in unpacking everything to understand as, as we go along, is not going to believe you or accept you. You know, there's a few principles. So just, just, just the positive psychology aspect, you can't just say it and think it's going to go away. You have to do something. And there's something in that action and that celebratory action, you explain that high five concept, what it does so beautifully. So can you explain that? What sure. you, you have a, a beautiful way of, of saying what it actually does and how it's, 
I don't want to take your words. Tell, tell, let's start with <laughs> start with that because I think that's a really good place to start. Why does something as simple as this in the mirror do what it does for you? I think there's a number of reasons. So I think the most exciting reason why high-fiving yourself in the mirror has such a profound and lasting change inside you is because the programming associated with the high-five gesture is already in your subconscious mind, and it's already programmed into your nervous system as an act of celebration. There has not been a single moment in your entire life that you have raised your hand to high-five somebody and thought, I hate you, or I hope you lose, or you're unworthy. The high-five, whether you're watching a sports team and teammates do it to one another, or you're watching a teacher do it to a kid or you're watching somebody else do it or you're receiving it or you're giving it a high five has only ever meant i see you i believe in you i love you we got this one of the other things that i love about high fives is that when you when somebody's going through a challenging time so in sports if somebody blows a big play a pep talk doesn't pick somebody up, but there's something about the energetic transfer between two people when you raise your hand to high five somebody that says, shake it off. I get that you just struggled. I get that you just blew it. I get that you just failed, but I still believe in you and I still got you. And so particularly in moments of struggle, challenge, isolation, a high five is more than a gesture. It is an affirmation of your deepest, most fundamental emotional needs. And all of that's stored in your brain. And so when you talk about this from the standpoint of habits and that there's like, you know, a trigger and a pattern repeated and there's a reward, the trigger for a high five is literally raising your hand and starting it. The second you go to raise your hand and start the high five, it doesn't matter what's happening in your life. It doesn't matter how much you hate your reflection or where you are. Your brain recognizes that physical trigger. It grabs all of the patterns associated with it in the subconscious mind, and it starts running on repeat. You get a drip of dopamine. The reward is the drip of dopamine, which is why people always feel a boost in their mood. A lot of people laugh. Some people cry as they do it. There's the dopamine working. The other thing that people feel is they feel sort of an immediate flip in terms of like a flip of energy. It's not like you're like, uh, but you feel like a little like kind of lift and that's your nervous system. Your nervous system is hardwired for celebration. Instinctually, human beings, when they cross a finish line, raise their hands. Instinctually, when your favorite team scores or your favorite band walks on stage, we raise our hands. Instinctually, when we see somebody in just about any culture, we tend to raise our hands, however it is, to greet somebody. We raise our hands to hug somebody. You also raise your hands to high five somebody. So your nervous system recognizes this gesture as energizing in a positive way. And so you can be at the lowest moment, which I was when I gave myself a high five. I was just at a moment in my life. It was April 2020. There was a tremendous amount going on. I felt completely overwhelmed by the demands of my business, by the crisis my kids were going through with the, packed at, with the backdrop of the pandemic. And we've all had that feeling where you wake up and you just feel defeated. That was me. 
And as I'm standing there in the bathroom, you know, this is where I want to start to unpack this with you because I think there's so many pieces to this simple high five habit. And by so many pieces, what I want to unpack for everybody is there, there are a number of things that you are currently doing that are part of your morning routine that I believe most people don't even realize they are doing. And the high five habit breaks these very destructive habits that you have that you don't even realize that you have. And it will do it in about five seconds flat. And so let me unpack the destructive habit. So as I'm standing there, April 2020, and I'm brushing my teeth, all of a sudden, I catch my reflection in the mirror. And my first thought is, oh, my God, you look like hell. And then all of a sudden, I start focusing on all the things that are wrong with me or all the things I want to fix from the dark circles under my eyes to the saggy neck to one boob hanging lower than the other. And then, of course, once you start this habit, and I'm going to call it a habit because it runs on repeat. It is a habit of self-rejection. And as you start to reject yourself, and we do it in two ways, based on our research with you know the millions of people that follow us and now hundreds of thousands of people around the world that are practicing the high five habit, we know more than 50% of men and women cannot or will not look at themselves in the mirror. That the level of either disgust or judgment or shame or regret or unhappiness with either what you look like or where you are in life has the majority of men and women not even look at themselves in the mirror. They avoid themselves subconsciously. It's running on autopilot. It is a habit of self-rejection that is part of your morning routine. And if you can look at yourself, what you do on default is focus on what you don't like about yourself. Again, another version of this habit of self-rejection that begins your day. And when you begin your day by picking yourself apart or ignoring, not looking at yourself, your mind then drifts into cataloging all the things that are also wrong that you're not doing. Like that morning as I'm like, ugh, I then start going, why'd I get up so late? I need to get up earlier. I've got a Zoom call in eight minutes. You know, why didn't you respond to Carolyn? Why? Like the beatdown begins, more rejection, more criticism. And it's so casual. And so I believe, I, this is a huge statement, but I believe that a human being can, by using the high five habit to break that habit of self-rejection in the morning can create a bigger habit of self-acceptance that will help you feel more secure in who you are. It will help you break the cycle of people-pleasing, of seeking validation outside yourself. And it will help you learn how to bring your confidence, your self-worth, your self-awareness, and your self-acceptance back in-house. And that by simply making it a habit to stop down the self-rejection and look at yourself in the mirror for just a second, 
and see a human being. Because this is the other thing. I don't think that's your reflection. I had this huge epiphany as I've been practicing the high five habit. And that is that that is not your reflection. I want you to consider that you're not alone in the bathroom every morning. I want you to consider that there's a human being in the mirror, a human being who's trying very hard, a human being who needs being that feels so beaten down by the constant criticism and negativity that you're throwing at them. You know, let's leverage a little bit of the the power of objectivity here and ask yourself, you know, every morning as I, when I get done brushing my teeth, I put my toothbrush down because we're going to stack this new habit with the old habit of brushing my teeth. We're going to get the gunk out of my mouth so I don't spread dragon breath all day. Now I want you to get the gunk out of your mind, body, and spirit so you don't drag that self-rejection into your day, that self-criticism that's become your, your default into your day. And then I stare at the woman in the mirror and, and I ask myself, what does she need from me today? And some days, you know, the answer is, girl, I just need you to, to have some fun for crying out loud. You're working too much. And some days it's, I need you to be a little bit more courageous and tough with the conversations that you need to have. Some days it's, I need you to be kinder to me. I need you to eat better today. And sort of this moment of intentional reflection about the game I'm going to go play in life. And then I just raise my hand and I seal the intention with the woman I see in the mirror. I create this partnership with myself. It's so beautiful. And one of the coolest things about this is, you know, I, especially using the five second rule, which we can talk about a little bit later, but I've become wildly successful. And even though, I have been wildly successful using the five-second rule, changing my habits. I've become a person that can basically take action. I can push through anything. I can te- we can teach you how to do that too. But what the five-second rule and counting backwards, five, four, three, two, one, to push yourself through procrastination, fear, or anxiety, get things done. It got a lot of things done. It changed my life. It's turned me into a rock star businesswoman. It's it's created more success than I ever thought possible, but it did not address the actual problem. And the actual problem was a deep self-hatred and a deep sense of unworthiness that for decades decades I would look in the mirror and see somebody that was not enough, that was not doing things right. I was relentlessly focused on what was wrong. And it robbed me of so much joy, contentment, motivation, inspiration, of being present. And what's happened practicing the high five habit for me personally, because I think as extraordinary as the five second rule has been in transforming people's lives, I think this is a thousand times more powerful because what's happened is it has completely reset my brain. I don't even see my face anymore. I see my soul. I see a human being I love. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean that I don't screw up. It doesn't mean I don't have bad days. But just like when you look upon a child, in your life or your dog or your cat, somebody you love unconditionally. I would never look at my daughter and and obsess about what I hate about her. I now gaze upon myself and see a human being I'm rooting for 
And that has changed who I am. It changes my experience of life at such a profound level. It has healed so much in my body, my mind, and my spirit. And that is what is available to you when you start incorporating this simple act of self-acceptance, of self-compassion, of self-support, and you add it into your morning routine every single day. Mel, you as you're talking, I'm getting goosebumps. My brain's going and mind and brain are going through all the science of like every word that you're saying. And I just have to, first of all, honor what you've said, because what you're saying, we need to be saying more of. You've verbalized in such a beautiful and brilliant way the truth about who we are as humans. And we've so distorted the view of who we are as humans over the last 40 years. I've been in my field for 38 years, and I have watched how we've gone from being this beautiful human with mm. these flaws, but that the core of who we are, to being seen as a list of symptoms or as all about the physical as opposed to this beautiful internal person that we are. And there's so much science backing up what you're saying, not just modern science, 150-year-old science, but ancient science too on both the spiritual and philosophical levels. There is backing up this. And it's we've reached a time in humanity, and I'm not sure if you're aware of the statistics. As you're speaking, I'm just listening to this and thinking, where do we even begin to unpack all these things? We need about 20 hours. We're going to have to do multiple interviews. We're going to have to do whatever, research together, whatever. But they, we are sitting in a period of history, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, because I just want to lay this foundation because it, it, go, it supports the need for what you are trying to tell people to do. And that is that we're sitting in a time where for decades people have been living longer. But that changed between 1996, a new trend was observed. And it was basically seen as that they tracked the study from 1996 to 2014. And between 2014 and 2015, the first lot of federal data was released. And it said, no, we're not actually living longer than we, we're not, this decades long trend of us living longer has been reversed. People are now dying eight to 25 years younger than they should from preventable lifestyle issues. And this just grabbed me and I tracked and followed this research and it's what I had been seeing in my own research. And what concerned me, long story short, is that if you bring this whole circle back and I read another study this morning and then in the UK, another huge meta-analysis looking at the same thing, just saying people are dying younger. And this was before the pandemic. Now you can add, you know, you, you can take another couple of years off, not just from the physical threat of death, but also the mental toll that death brings as well. I mean, that this, this kind of uh, pandemic brings is you can take another couple of years off that. And I wanted to know why, and I started searching for reasons as part of my research. And part of that is that, that when you talk about people dying from preventable lifestyle issues, what are we, is what's driving all of that? And that's, that is our mind. And our mind is our spirit and our soul. And our mind is not our brain. Our brain is just the recipient that the mind shows up in and the body. So it's mind, brain, body, psychoneurobiology. And the mind is at its core, you. It's who you are. It's your how you uniquely think, feel, and choose. It's your value system. It's all your, and it is wired. Our, our mind has an optimism bias. It's that celebratory aspect that the words you use. But we see neuroscientifically that the brain and the body are quite literally wired for love. And that's a statement made by a Nobel Prize winning scientist. And what that means is that there is nothing in your brain and your body physically that is designed to work against you. It's all designed to work for you, aka mm. your immune system is there as soon as there's a virus in your body, your immune system's 
yep. sending signals to, and that's just a small part of it. That then sends signals to the cart, the the endocrine, et cetera, et cetera. In other words, our wiring, our, our structure, right down to the subatomic level of our brain and body is all about survival. And survival is all about accepting who you are as a human. And then your mind yes. drives that. So if you dead, your brain and body do nothing. Right now, you and I are having this conversation. And while we're doing it, we're making a million plus cells every second. We're making a million plus cells every second. And the quality of those cells is based on the quality of our mind. And our mind primarily is how we think, feel, and choose. And no notice what I've said. It's how we, how I think, feel, and choose, how you think, feel, and choose. At the core of that mind is you, your truth value. You wired for love. So if you're showing up in the morning saying, I hate, you, hate myself, which is what you've just described so perfectly, that is being done by so, because of what all we can discuss all those reasons why, and a lot of us can guess those reasons, but then you are, you're actually going against the core of who you are. You, you're stepping into that mess. I always talk about we have a wise mind and a messy mind, and it's our wise mind that is at the core of who we are. It's the driving aspect. It's the truth. It's who you really are. And the messiness is also okay as long as it's managed. So it's okay to make a mess because we don't know what's coming up. We can't control people, events, circumstances, uncertainties of that is, is, is basically a life principle. So that, that makes us experimental. It makes us, it makes us potential to have the potential to make a mess, but that is okay as long as we are managing it. And that's what you're saying. I mean, I can add all the sciencey side to it, but that is what you're saying is, and I'd say it a million times a month, it feels like, if not more, it's okay to be a mess. Embrace the mess because in that you'll repair and grow. And I see the high five and the words that you've been saying as mm. such a beautiful way and brilliant way of elaborating that principle and activating that core wired for love thing. And now we can unpack it. But I want to say one more thing. Some of the research I've done shows that I look at the psychoneurobiological link. So what is happening in your telomeres, your cortisol, your your brain, your as you are. So the direct link of what is happening if my mind's messy and I'm hating myself in the morning. And how does that actually show up in the brain and the body? Because every experience that you have builds into the brain as a, as a thought tree. And I can show you what, but all kinds of imagery and models. And oh gosh, I just knocked something over there. <laughs> and all kinds of stuff that we can unpack as we're going along. But the, the way that you, as you wake up in the morning, that, that, is, that, that uniqueness is showing up in your mind. And if it's messy, it activates cortisol, with which, which if you don't have cortisol, you're going to die. It runs a ton of right. stuff. But if it goes out of whack, as we all know, and I showed a significant increase if we, if, in cortisol if we are hating our identity. And if, when I work with patients, and, and I'll kind of wrap this up with this and we can then unpack everything, is the first thing I would do when I was practicing clinically, I was would work on identity. I would not do any dealing with the whatever they're dealing with, whether it was a learning disability or a dementia or a, an emotional trauma. We didn't do any of that until the person recognized that the way I'm showing up is not who I am. It's because of. Let's start. Let's start. We'll get to the because of. But before that, who are you? When you have raised cortisol, it's actually a marker for suicide. So we see that in people that have committed suicide, that there's increased levels of cortisol in their body. And it's, it's in certain levels. And so it's, it's one of the markers. And so, therefore, that, that's just one. I mean, that goes crazy. DHEA drops in, and this happens, and that happens. So the point is that your neurophysiology is dependent on your mind. Your mind is you, and if you are living in a mess, you are going to affect everything about your neurophysiology and, therefore, your life because of the feedback loop. So something as simple as high five, which I would can put into the category of brain preparation, which you have to do. I, I do identity training with my patients first, and in that there would be brain preparation for that. 
So always brain prep, identity brain prep, detoxing brain, whatever it was, brain building, always that combination. So when that's why I love what you're doing. And I mean, I'm not just saying that this is, is a brilliant <laughs> way of, of getting brain preparation, which is sometimes quite hard, into, into action so that you can actually do the hard work of living. So I said a lot there, but let's now, you, 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 I want to hear as much as I can from you, then I'll just insert little brain things as, or mind brain stuff as we're going along. Because there's Terrific. so much I can well, say. Well, <laughs> well I, I started taking notes as you were talking. I love, I love, you know, the the interviews where I'm like, wow, okay, there's even more here. Well, you know, the, let's unpack a couple things because I want to talk about what people experience when they try to implement the high five habit in their life. So we've talked about the fact that I believe every single human being has this this habit of self-rejection. You practice it every morning without even realizing it in this moment in the mirror in your bathroom. And then it gets carried throughout your entire day as you beat yourself up, as you focus on what's going wrong, as you point out the negative, as you pick yourself apart, as you hide in the back of group photos, as you stay silent. Like These are all habits of self-rejection. And so what we know for sure is that when, and I ask people, just please give us five days, just do this for five days because something extraordinary happens within five days. We have 126,000 people from 91 countries going through a five-day challenge that I call the High Five Challenge. They have completed the challenge. We have not had a single person out of 126,000 people report that it didn't work. And so what you need to know is that when you stand in front of the bathroom mirror, you put your toothbrush down and you stand with yourself for a second, it will feel weird. And that's good. It should feel weird because in my opinion, that is evidence that your brain is now plowing a new neural response instead of operating the habit loop of rejecting yourself. Just like, you know, I'm a right-hander. If I lost my hand today and I had to write with my left hand, it would feel weird. That's a sign that I'm learning something new. So if it's weird, good. What we notice is that there's only two reactions that people have to doing it the first time, raising up their hand. The first reaction is positive. So either a lot of people laugh, that I believe is the cortisol. A lot of people cry in a very positive way. And the crying is really good because the way that everybody describes it is it's like a decade or decades of emotional release of finally getting it. Like you just woke up and you have come home to yourself and you realize how long you have been longing for that connection and acceptance and seeing from yourself. Is there something that you want to add to that positive thing before we go negative? Can I show you some models? It's going to make it yeah. super easy. Okay, here's a brain yeah. and a skull. And here is another model of the brain and body. And so my audience is very familiar with what I'm going to say, but there's always new audiences watching. So I'm going to explain it again. So now, as you've explained that to me, as you said those words to us, that was a sound wave, electromagnetic light waves. Our, our mind receives that energy and then the psychological part of our mind does a think, feel, choose, think, feel, choose, think, feel, choose at 400 billion actions per second, which is a lot to process what you've just said. Now, because it's coming from 
your place of total love and kindness and absolute passion to to share this with people that you so everything about you all the photons you're generating as Einstein would talk about it are coming from a place of absolute love they're coming from your wide full of nature so that whole message is being received by all of us in this incredibly healthy way so that's so that's so, so it comes in but now this is what happens it comes in your words into the brain show up in the brain the brain responds on a neurophysiological level a neurochemical level, an electromagnetic level, a quantum level, and a genetic level. Your words at the speed of 10 to the 27 are busy converting into little amino acids that group together to form proteins and are vibrations inside of those proteins vibrating in the region of 528 hertz and above, which is super healthy. Every concept you're giving us is vibrating in these, in its own unique way. So it's your own unique protein. So by the end of this however long conversation, people are going to have two or 3,000 plus concepts that they would have taken away from you. And each of those would have grown into a tree like this. So in your brain, you're literally growing trees that I call thoughts. Thoughts look like trees. As neuroscientists, we talk about the thoughts in the brain being having an arbor-like structure, tree-like structure. Mm. So all of us at this moment are taking your and my words and growing this into these trees. But notice a tree, and I'm going to use this little pot here, a tree is planted with at first with the seed and then roots. So our words are the root system. And it's the same thing, proteins and whatever. So this is a thought tree about the conversation with Mel about the high five. So the tree is called the high five. And the detail is the conversation. Now, what you and I are saying is the source. So that's the so the memories of this thought tree. There's source memories and there's interpretation memories. And you'll see the significance of this now relating. And I'm belaboring the point because this is why the high five is just so important. So, the, and I'm using this conversation as an example. So the root, the, the thought is made of memories, root memories and mm. branch memories. So memories are not the same as thoughts, exactly like a mind, mind is not the same as brain. Mind is the action, it's the processing, it's the electromagnetics, it's the gravitational field. You have your own gravitational field around you and, and through you and the electromagnetic field is different to mine. I can't take yours, you can't take mine. But when we interact, we enhance each other. If we are in conflict, we, we don't enhance each other. We cause brain damage in each other. So as humans, we are wired to enhance. We're wired for love, which is what the high five is helping yourself, yourself do personally. But the collective response that you're creating is an enhancement process. But coming back to this, what's actually happening in the brain is that, you are, that we are all building this root system of the source, which is what you're saying and my responses to you. But every single listener and viewer is interpreting this immediately in a parallel, it happens immediately, simultaneously. So the root branch the, above the ground, the the memories above the ground, the branch memories and leaves and trees, whatever you want, you know, whatever shape it is, are the interpretation of what you're saying. So every person is hearing the same thing, but in seeing it in their own different way. They're applying it to their life in their own different way. So now they are busy building an insurance policy in their brain. This high five content is a, a neural structural change. And I studied neuroplasticity. I was one of the first in my field in the 80s when they told us I that you can't change that. the brain. So that, And now it's accepted fact. So we are being neuroplasticians. We've been brain surgeons, neuroplasticians, historians, archaeologists, all, all that to build this conversation. So in other words, this conversation has created a structural change in your brain that is a healthy structural change that if people go get your book, if they get into follow you, follow you whatever, they are then going to stabilize this. But they will lose everything that we are saying if they don't stabilize this and turn it into a habit. And a habit takes 63 days minimum. 
not 21. Most people think that it's 21. So to make, so I'm just saying the whole audience, if you want to benefit from what Mel and I are talking about now, you need to take this. You need to actually get the book, get, get, get my NeuroCycle app and my book and learn how to apply this over the 63 days. Because there's very little research showing how long it takes to create a neural network like this that is sustainable. So we're doing this now. But if you don't apply this within 24 hours to 48 hours, most of this beautiful tree would denature and become heat energy. What a waste. Mm. Then they know, mm. I heard something that Mel spoke about, something about high-fiving, but, you know, something good for me, but, and then they won't really apply it and they won't get the benefit that you're desperate for people and passionately desperate for people to get. Because when people, when humans are functioning as themselves, we won't see what we see in the world that we have today. We won't see this mess and conflict, et cetera, et cetera. So that's getting super philosophical. Now that's healthy. When you spoke about the complaining habit, I have to grab my toxic tree. Give me one second. Yeah, let me see it. I'm I'm imagining like a dead, like, yes. Okay, great. Yes, this is so good. You know what I love about this is that I, I love the high five because it's a physical thing that's so simple that that has this profound like shift throughout your mind, body, spirit, and that think, feel, choose loop. I love the visuals that you're bringing to the table because the second that you said, I got to get my to- like toxic or negative, I can't remember what word you, I'm like, I imagine a dead tree. There Boom. you go. There it is, Mel. There's yeah. the, and you know, these, this is, these are built into neurons on the brain. So this is, this is what, these are the dendrites on it. Everyone's seen what a neuron looks like. And I think if you don't just Google it, if you don't know what a neuron looks like, these branches here are where memory is stored, not in the synapses. Synapses are short-term memory. So as we're speaking, you get synaptic action and then you the, the actual memory is stored here. And so these are the dendrites. So they look like trees. So now here, this is a healthy conversation. It's a healthy tree. The proteins fold correctly. The quantum energy is correct. The neurochemicals are correct. Your whole neurophysiology, endocrine system, immune system, everything's happy. Okay, but this is a toxic reaction. So when we have this wake up in the morning and you talk about the patterns that most people are waking up and saying, I hate myself, I'm not good enough, the FOMO, the FOPO, the, all those people pleasing, all that I can't do this, the, you know, as you said, the saggy boobs. It's all the same wipers. thing, by the way. There you go. It's, it's, a, it's, it's this thing. It's how and, and the, how, what the stuff, the statements that we're making about ourselves are this part of the tree, the interpretation. So if we look at our interpretation, we can then track the interpretation of why am I saying this about myself? So that's the root system. Like the root system of this conversation is our words. There's a source. There's also a source to the complaint. Why are you looking at yourself like that? And this causes brain damage because, as you said in the, in the beginning about how we've got, on, you, you said very, very beautifully about our neural network is, and our, our brain and body are designed to celebrate. That's the wide for love concept I spoke about. So this threatens survival. This causes brain damage. This I hate myself stuff activates the immune system in the same way that COVID does. In other words, there's an immune response to this. TV lymphocytes, B lymphocytes, macrophages, all going to that site, creating inflammation. And if you keep on 63 days later, nine weeks later, 18 weeks later, a year later, you're still doing this. This thing, whatever you think about the most has grown. This is enormous and it's in your non-conscious mind. Your subconscious mind is a bridge between the conscious and the, and the non-conscious. The non-conscious is where everything's stored. In, in the and, and in the non-conscious mind, it's gravitational fields. In the brain, it's trees. And in the body, it's a change in your gene code. This is how powerful this stuff is. Mm. So when you high-five, you are actually drawing up this toxic thing that's been there for nine weeks, 18 weeks, five years, 25 years, 40 years. And you are actually – and from neuroscience, we know that as soon as you draw something up and you become aware of it, you weaken it. 
it becomes malleable and changeable. If I don't change it and I walk away from the bathroom mirror thinking, oh gosh, I hate myself, boom, it goes back stronger. So tomorrow it comes back even stronger. And all, and this is in the non-conscious mind, which works 24-7. It's the most powerful and intelligent part of you. And it's driving everything that you do. So how I see the the, the high five, and I don't want to take any of your time because we want to hear you, not me, is the high five is breaking that. It's pulling this non-conscious out of this non-conscious view of myself. You know what it is? Out. You gave me an idea. Okay, it's go for an it. Axe. It's an axe. There we it's go. An, it's an, it's axe, an axe. And it's an axe that's not only chopping it down, but it's got to dig the soil out because you've got to get the root system. You know, like when you take a weed out of the garden, you can't chop yep. off the head. You have to yep. get the whole weed yep. upended. So the high five is preparing you to do the work of actually getting it out. So it's putting that spade or axe in your hand. Love it. Yep. Love it. Yeah. So that's exactly you've got what to get. it is. So every day when you do this, you are allowing yourself to bring your identity this to the surface, which then drives every other part of your mind, which then drives your brain and your body, which then changes your lifestyle. So this is a step into reversing that terrible statistic of people dying younger. Yeah. And I'm and one stuck. of the reasons why it's so powerful is because it does not require you to say anything. The positive programming is already associated with the physical action because you've never high-fived somebody and thought, I hate you and you're worthless. Your brain cannot actually neurologically, it is impossible to think that thought as you high-five yourself. Impossible. It, it, and that's so true. So scientifically to back you up there, it's the wide for love nature. So that's built in. I spoke about an insurance policy earlier on. A wide for love nature is our insurance policy. It's a wide, I talk about it as the wise mind. So in the depths of the middle of this forest of all these trees, and some of that look like this, some look like that, <laughs> there is this beautiful green forest, and that's where the high five resides, in that in that forest, in that gravitational field, as a, as a resilience network in your brain and in the in your genes. So it's in all over the place. So it's a recognition of truth. Yeah, I think that's why people cry, is because you, by high-fiving yourself, you are reconnecting with your true nature. And that is a powerful spiritual experience. Speak more about that. That is, that is so true because that, I want you to speak about that and then I'll, I'll throw some science in afterwards because that is so huge. Yeah, I apologize for interrupting you. I get so excited about this, particularly since you and I are like freestyling. It's amazing. And I can't wait to like get together. We got to do an event for people or something and just really. Yeah, that, that's it for sure. We can sit there with all of our little props and uh, that yep. we have to. We, we, we promise you people this is going to happen. <laughs> yes. So it was interesting because the very first morning that I did this in April of 2020, you know, during a very overwhelming moment in life, when I first did it, my immediate reaction was to laugh. And then. I sort of laughed. I realize now I laughed because of the dopamine, but I also laughed because on the kind of surface, standing there in my underwear, high-fiving my, like, it just seems so stupid and pathetic, you know, like when you just first hear it. But I will say, you know, even though lightning didn't strike and the, you know, heaven didn't open and the angels didn't sing that first morning, but I did feel this little flip. Like I felt almost like the the high five had like almost turned a light switch on because I noticed my mood went from feeling energetically down, defeated, overwhelmed 
to all of a sudden this shift in energy. I didn't even think these thoughts, but I would describe the thoughts sort of like, okay, come on now. You got a roof over your head. You can handle this. You've been in way worse places. Get out. Like it was sort of like that sort of like, here we go kind of energy. But I'll tell you, it was the second morning where it went from this sort of funny thing that I did to something profound and deeply moving. And so I woke up the second morning and I, you know, you talked about cortisol levels and I believe that I've, I, I, this, I, you'll have to tell me if this is true or not, that your cortisol levels tend to be higher in the morning. A lot of us experience a higher level of anxiety in the morning since we're anticipating that the day is going to go bad. So a lot of us already, whether it's because of past trauma or it's because of just what's going on in your life or because it's a habit to wake up and feel this level of anxiousness, I woke up feeling overwhelmed, feeling defeated. I use the five-second rule, five, four, three, two, one. I get out of bed. I start walking to the bathroom. And this is when the high-five habit became something bigger. I realized as I was walking to the bathroom that I was feeling something that I hadn't ever felt in my entire adult life. And this is what I was feeling. You know how when you are going to meet a really like dear friend that you just adore and you're about to walk into the cafe? What do you feel in that moment when you're about to walk in and see somebody you really adore? Anticipation. Peace. Yeah. Excitement. Exactly. I realized I was feeling that about seeing myself. Mm, Wow, that's beautiful. And I've been excited to see an outfit or a haircut. I don't ever recall as an adult feeling excited about seeing the human being, Mel Robbins. Oh, wow. This is amazing. This is core to who we are as humans, and we've forgotten to see that in ourselves in this very fast technological, physically based world where you've got to get something from outside in to make you feel better, which is how we've been almost programmed. What you're saying is the absolute opposite of that. Yeah. And so that second, it was a profound feeling. And as I turned the corner and stepped into the bathroom, sort of the profound nature of what was unfolding was hitting me. And it was that second morning realizing that I was excited to see the human being, Mel Robbins, that I realized, oh my gosh, all this time, it never occurred to me that there's another human being in the bathroom standing there in the mirror. And I believe that represents your soul and your spirit and wise mind. you are. Yes, your wise mind. And as I stood there and I had this moment of really just being with the human being, Mel Robbins, it was profound. And I, you know, kind of had, that was the, the second morning was the morning that I cried when I high-fived myself. And it was as if years and years of feeling isolated or feeling not good enough or feeling invisible or feeling 
whatever the pain that that we all feel at times in the human experience that the high five became a recognition of just how much i have lived through and how much i needed and deserved support and encouragement just like every human being does and so that's when it really started to crack open and and it's also something that that when i notice something and that is this you know you can stand there and be with yourself for a minute and you know when you first start to do it particularly if you're somebody who who has a hard time looking at yourself or you hate so much about where you're at in life right now or what's happened to you or whatever it may be you can be thinking and feeling all those things but i noticed in that second morning that the second you go to raise your arm your mind actually goes silent to an unconscious steps in yeah what it, what is that because everybody reports this that literally okay it feels weird i'm resisting this is stupid but then as you get really close you're actually can't you're not really thinking anything it like turns into this feeling experience So that is and I'm so glad you brought it up and everything you said I just is is profoundly important and needs to sink in and land into people's minds as as a profoundly true statement because that's the core of our humanity when we operate from there that's how we can move forward as a, as a global experience as well but what's happening there is you've got three levels of mind you've got the non-conscious which no one really understands or talks about and it's the biggest part of your mind I'll send you one of my books that explains this my my book called cleaning up your mental mess <laughs> I have it. Oh, do you have it? Okay. <laughs> you don't have to so send this, it to me. Okay. So the non-conscious mind is the biggest part of us. It never switches off. It's what drives, it's the driving force. It's where every experience you've had since a certain point in the womb to the age that you're at today, the good, the bad, and the ugly are all st- basically stored. And it's and it's linked to, it is the three storage places, the mind as gravitational fields, brain as these tree things. and then made of protein and chemicals and then in genetic changes inside the 37 to 100 trillion cells of your body so it's deep stuff that's why it's so your experience is so profound because your entire neuro neurophysiology suddenly saw mel and what's been hiding there for so mm. long which has been trying to come out so in other words that's your your non-conscious mind is always there to work for you and is looking for the imbalances and sending signals through the subconscious the subconscious is the bridge between the con- between the non-conscious and the conscious mind the conscious mind only operating when we're awake so that experience where you had that the deep sense of profoundness you had a connection with the non-conscious the deepest part of you imagine it as the as a huge green forest growing through the middle of this endless forest so your mind is this mm. endless forest and it's all, all full of these different colored trees and the dark ones etc representing toxic and so on but the middle is perfect and that's who you are that middle part is what actually is constantly driving and keeping your mind going but choice comes in think feel choose think feel choose adds the outside of the forest but the inside of the forest is is the real mel so when you high five you actually for want of a better way of expanding it you jumped into the middle of the forest and you looked at yourself from that angle for the first time up until then you've been on the outside looking in through this so this has been your vision through the through these and these and these but that wasn't telling you the truth it was telling you about everything that the world has shaped you to be and told you and past and trauma and all that stuff and that's been a very dominating force but by you high-fiving you then brought this up and you started forcing yourself to look at that and somehow in doing that 
you brought up your core nature. You stepped into the middle right. of the forest. So the silence was the silencing of the messy mind. So mm. three levels, non-conscious, which works 24-7, huge, infinite, like so fast, speeds of 10 to the 27, inconceivable speeds. The conscious mind's only awake when you're awake and it's slow. It only operates at 2,000 actions per second. We build around about 8,000 thoughts a day on average, and each thought's informed by thoughts popping up from our non-conscious mind through the subconscious into the conscious. So there's 20 to 30 to 50,000 things going through our head, building plus the, the existing. And that is very messy, and we can manage that. We're brilliant. But what happens is, is when, there's, when there's a lot of toxicity, it becomes very overwhelming. And when the toxicity is driven by a identity that's in crisis, which is what most of the world are, which is what you said, then that noise is terrible. This creates, the, the sound waves of these are actually only at around about four hertz. This is actually at about 528. But mm -hmm. these collectively, whatever you put your attention on, you can ignore that and you can be consumed by this. And this is very disturbing. So your peace was disturbed. So you got in the middle of the forest, you started seeing yourself differently. And what happened there was that your mind never goes silent. Your mind never stops. It never stops even for three seconds. Your conscious mind will go to sleep, but your non-conscious mind never, ever stops. But what you did was you shifted the position from the noise to the wisdom. And in the wisdom, you were then able to look at the mess and say, that's okay. That's not who I am. That's how I'm showing up. And I'm showing up like that because of, and I'll slowly but surely over the rest of my life unpack this. That's kind of what happened in that I would describe it scientifically in that moment with some analogies. Does that, does that make sense? Perfect sense. Perfect sense. Let's unpack the resistance that people feel because I get a lot of questions about this. And this is the more kind of common experience because the self-hatred, self-loathing, lack of self-worth is such a habit in terms of the 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 tree, the, the, what do you call it? The toxic tree? Toxic the dead tree. tree. The toxic the toxic tree. tree. It's very alive, unfortunately. It's a volcanic yes. It's got a volcanic nature, so it's going to explode. So the way that I would explain it is if you stand there to practice the high five habit, you put your toothbrush down, you look at yourself for a minute. And what's interesting is even we've had people write to us that have body dysmorphia that have not looked in a mirror in a decade or two who say that for the first one, they try to do this. But what's also interesting is that because a high five is so intentional, if you've ever high-fived somebody and missed their hand, everybody's like, all right, let's do that again. You have to pay attention. So it's hard to high-five yourself and look away. You will be pulled based on the programming in your brain to look back at yourself. We've even had people who have lost their sight or were born without their vision and who you know were blind, who say they still feel the connection, even though they can't technically see themselves in the mirror. It's so powerful. So anyway, what happens is, is there something you wanted to explain about that? No, that's that the, the, uh, the actual action is activating the wide for love nature. So people that are blind, they're going to feel that they're going to feel the vibration. And so that drawing to look at yourself is such a natural wide as it's a, it's a wide in function. So it's just that connection of the, when you do this, you, you're changing waves of energy around you. And they love waves and stuff. So it kind of draws you to be self-validating and looking is self-validating. And so many of my patients, when I practiced as well, and we get these kind of emails too. Now that I don't practice anymore, but we get thousands of emails, people saying things like, because a lot of the little exercises I do, I always say, put two chairs down, look at yourself in the mirror, you know, that kind of stuff. And so many of my patients would not look at themselves in the mirror. 
initially. So that's a very common thing. They didn't want to, you know, they always looked away. And that's a common, the body's, not even just the body dysmorphia, any kind of trauma can, and any kind of shame, like someone who's battling with learning issues or starting to get some dementia symptoms and they recognize that it's not themselves anymore. Anyway, so I just wanted to reinforce that. That's a very, very... No, it's a, thank you. Very common and very sad because what I think is that, you know, go back to the fact that it's you and there's a human being in the mirror. What's standing, the resistance is that toxic tree. That's what the resistance comes from. That is standing between you and the human being in the mirror. And, you know, that could be everything that's ever happened to you. So you talked about trauma. And those are all the things that you've survived. You're not responsible for it. You didn't deserve it. It's just the function of being human, whether it's abuse or trauma or neglect or poverty or discrimination or abandonment, heartbreak, disappointment, all those things, major accidents, toxic tree. Things, by the way, that mean that you're worthy of celebration, that mean you're deserving of encouragement and love. But so many of us have this toxic tree that says all of that stuff is actually just evidence that I'm damaged or evidence that I'm not worthy or evidence that nothing good ever happens to me. And so that's one part of resistance. The other thing you mentioned is another form of resistance. The toxic tree is shame. You know, this, this relentless judgment that you direct at yourself. You know, things that you've done, we're all human, whether you've cheated or you've lied or you've stolen or, or you've struggled with addiction or you've hurt yourself or other people or squandered opportunity. We've all done stuff that we regret that we, you know, at times felt shame for the failures that we've had, you know, that you sit there and wish you could change stuff that, by the way, you would, you would forgive Mel Robbins, you'd forgive, you know, Dr. Lee for, but you cannot forgive yourself for because of that toxic tree. And so the high five, even though you're going to resistance, is an act of forgiveness because you're recognizing all those things and you're recognizing that you've been in pain and you're recognizing that you still deserve to be loved and you still deserve some support. That's what that action then becomes, this sort of acceptance of self for where you are and this encouragement that you can still play a game in life that makes you feel good. Did you know that protein helps your neurons talk to each other by producing neurotransmitters? Yes, it's true. Protein is not just about building muscles. It's essential for your brain and mental health. And thankfully, with Ritual's new essential protein, you can always be sure that you're getting the right amount of protein for your brain and body based on your unique needs. From the multivitamin company you know and trust, Ritual's incredible team of scientists from Harvard have reimagined protein from the ground up and inside out, from how it's made to who it's for and why it's needed. The result is a delicious plant-based protein offered in three premium formulations for distinct life stages and unique nutrient needs, and all made with the same high standards approach and commitment to traceability that Ritual is known for. For tomorrow, as much as today, Ritual's essential protein is made with nutrients to support bones, brains, and muscles and help maintain muscle mass as you age. And did I mention that it tastes amazing? 
Ritual's essential protein is made using delicious handcrafted vanilla flavor using direct from farmer vanilla beans that are sustainably harvested in Madagascar while their peas are sustainably grown and regeneratively farmed right here in the US. With no added sugar or sugar alcohols, essential protein is also soy-free, gluten-free and formulated with non-GMO ingredients. So why not shake up your Ritual? To make trying something new less scary, Ritual offers a money-back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Plus, my listeners get 10% off during your first three months. Just visit ritual.com forward slash Dr. Leaf to add essential protein today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. It's opening a door and it's opening getting you in the middle of that forest so that you can actually look inside. So that's where I would categorize it under brain preparation and mind body preparation and mind preparation. So it's your wise mind preparing your messy mind, your messy brain, your messy body, and not all of your brain and body is messy. These are the, there's, there's mess in amongst the wide full of nature. So fortunately, the good stuff is dominant always, but we, these things draw our attention because of the nature. But we can conquer those. So you, so it's brain preparation, and, and brain preparation is always followed by work. And you know what's interesting, Mel, is that you you also talk in your book and you talk in, in your talks and things about how that starts the pro, how that high five starts the process. Then you go through the day. So it's that's why it's preparation, and it's creating a neurophysiological response. In fact, I would predict based on my research that when we start shifting and, and preparing, because I know from the breathing and the different types of exercises that I've developed for people in terms of cognitive breathing and that's whatever, there's different things, which are brain preparation. You adjust, you change 1400 plus neurophysiological responses in your brain and your body. So we go, as you, as you walk into the bathroom and you're in toxic stress, that's 1400 neurophysiological responses working against you which is causing brain damage and body damage. But the minute you do the high five, you say, hey, stop the boat. I'm going to put a pause on that. I'm going to go from toxic stress where my blood vessels around my heart are constricting and I've got less blood flow and oxygen to my brain plus 1,400 other things. You may not be saying that, but I'm giving you the, you know, what the, the sciencey side. You shift within milliseconds into, hey, this is actually not the truth. I'm showing up because of, so now I'm in positive stress where 1,400 neurophysiological responses are working for me. So my blood vessels around my heart are dilating and I've now got more blood flow and oxygen to the frontal lobe of my brain so my executive functions can work better and all the rest of the, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, million things that are happening. But you can direct that process. And we need, you, you said something so valid earlier too that you don't even sometimes feel like saying that something. I've had patients that they, they can't even talk they're in such a bad place. I've been in bad places where I can't say a thing. I'm sure you can identify we human mental health is, is it's not an illness. It's something that we experience because of life and yeah. it goes and has extreme states, obviously. But just to raise your hand and I can't that it's about, I, I'm so excited about this because it's preparing a shift. It's definitely a shift and it's followed. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but I've developed a system which is not a technique. It's a system for after you've done your brain preparation, you then move into the work over the 63 days. And what do you do? How do you do the work of life, the work of detoxing, the work of whatever it is that you need to learn in your life to be better at what you're doing? So how do you do that work, the detoxing plus the building work and what neural cycles are required? And it's 63 day cycles. You can multiple as many as you need. And so I developed a system of what do you do every day called the neurocycle. And it's five steps. And each of those steps is doing the most unbelievable stuff in your brain and your body and follows from so it's kind of like the you know get the fi- high five and then step in to do, to do the work and to recognize the time frame 
and then I'm going to keep quiet and let you carry on. Because what what the huge thing with resistance, I want to add to the resistance thing, is that you, you said day five earlier on, and that was profound. There is scientific research, and I've shown this in mine, that around day four and five, you get a shift in your neurochemistry. So as you start facing stuff, and you and you do it, it's initially it's that hard, you explain it, etc. But by day four or five, there's a shift in your neurochemistry that shifts the motivation from the initial dopamine. And by the way, you get something called anandamide, which is the bliss hormone, which will be released. Mm. Plus you get you know serotonin and GABA too will also be activated, which calms the system down. That's just a few of them. But by day five, everything kind of gets back in order and you are now, the butterflies are in order. So there's a definite, we saw, I saw that with my patients in my clinical trials around day five, day seven, day 14, day, these various days. But day five is a very significant point where people either move on or give up. Very significant. Mm. So I wanted to say that to you. And that's where the resistance thing can come in. And resistance also comes in and that people don't persist long enough. So they may go to day five, but they may give up at day 14. Then they get to that frustrated state where they say, but I know that I believe in myself. I know that this, but yeah, I am over here. This, there's a chasm. Right, and right. You, and so your neural wiring has to be your mind, your non-conscious mind is saying, hey, you've got to get rid of this. But it's going to take, and it's sending messages through your subconscious to your conscious to pay attention. And you, you're going to have to push through. It takes cycles of 63 days. I had some patients that did two years of cycles of 63 days to get through stuff. So there's no cookie cutter. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifelong. But the high five is an absolute doorway in to making something very hard, very easy. And to well, break that resistance. And the other thing too that, that makes a difference is just take a post-it note and stick it on your mirror. There's an environmental trigger right there. You can write something like, I love you. I forgive you. You can, you can trace your hand. You can write high five. But that simple environmental trigger works wonders for getting people to make this be something that they keep doing. Because I also feel like even on those days where, you know, I don't even at this point to your 63 days, I've been practicing the high five habit every single morning in the mirror. It's how I send myself into the game of life. You would never send yourself into a sport match without high-fiving your teammates. So you don't send yourself into the game of life without high-fiving your best teammate in life, which is yourself. I am so now repaired and prepared. And the default is so profoundly powerful for me that I don't even necessarily need it because I feel the high five energy when I see myself. I still do it. And I feel that even in those mornings where I, you know, am not even doing it all that intentionally, but I just kind of smile at myself and do that. I still feel like whether it's the principles of behavioral activation therapy or whatever, that your mind is always watching so my mind, my non-conscious mind is always watching. And so every high five is a note to my non-conscious mind. Oh, yep. See, we believe in that lady right there. Like it just is incredible. It's reinforcing. You've got your, what we would in science call your active and dynamic self-regulation working together, which is mm. the non-conscious and conscious mind working together. And so you, that's that's also what's facilitated that process. I want to show you another little thing. Just to, when you do, like, when you say like day one, it starts, and then day that's you know, like weird, and then day five, and all that kind of thing. By day twenty, you know, so this is sort of kind of where it starts. You know, you start yeah. building a little. 
you know, and then it kind of gets a little bigger and it takes around 21 days to get this big. So for you, when you talk about how now you are, you do it every day, but you've got, it's in place. It's not like it's, think of driving. When you first learn to drive, it's so, everything's all over the place. And then one day you, I mean, you just get in the car now. You think, we often say we drive without thinking, but if you did that, you'd have an accident. You actually are driving. What's happened is that you've used your conscious very deliberately with your non-conscious and subconscious to build. And then you've practiced and then you've created something very strong with a lot of energy that the minute you get in the car, it comes up. So this is what's happened. This has grown into this. So by the, the 63-day cycle turns this into this. So that's where Amazing. you're at in your life. And every time you use it, so it's there, it's powerful, it's energizing, it's forcing, it's influencing all spheres of your life, which is what you're saying. But it's had so much practice that it's got so much energy that it's not competing. It's actually, this is gone. It's been reconceptualized. And this is what's coming up. So the little note and the high five action are just, oops, you activate this and that is what the mindset is for your day, a high five mindset, which is yes. a, like literally a neural network that you've built. In, in this, this is another thing. Well, this is fascinating. Do you want to hear this quickly? Yeah, it's, it's, I do. It's doing. I'm like, I'm like okay, let's go. Sorry. <laughs> I no, know, don't apologize. That's exactly what it is. It is oh. a completely different mindset. It's a to- and, and, and a mindset is a, the individual experiences are trees, but trees, you know, like a spider grows a spider web. Yes. These thought trees made of memories, roots and interpretation, they generate a mindset. Think of the Christmas tree, those nets that you put over your bushes that have got pretty lights on. These grow a mindset. So this is a pretty beautiful one. This looks like a Halloween one. So this is the spider web that's the Halloween one. This is the one that's a beautiful one. So we have the actual experience and then we have the mindset it generates. And mindsets, are if the, the healthy ones grow neuro- <laughs> i'm stimulating okay. something okay so you, we need we need to do a workshop <laughs> you are giving me a brand new breakthrough you ready for this i'm i'm going to hear it tell me so you know i am sort of the classic example of somebody who because anxiety you know, I've had a, a, a history with child with sexual abuse in the fourth grade. So, you know, childhood trauma that was stored in my nervous system and brain. And I think created the hypervigilance and the anxiety and sort of putting my sympathetic nervous system in a state of being on edge. You know, I have very few memories from childhood because I was very disassociated and dysregulated and very few memories from my 20s and very few memories from being a young mom. And when I would look back, this is prior to the high five habit on my life, I tended to only focus on memories that were negative. Because it was so dominant. Yeah, that mindset, it had spewed, it had grown and infested. And what's fascinating, and you're just making me realize this, is that Having been practicing this high five in the mirror every morning and seeing just a complete profound restructuring in terms of my thinking patterns and my experience of myself and my life, positive memories are coming back from my childhood. It's incredible. Beautiful. You're in the middle of the forest and you're able to see from this angle, the wise mind, you're able to see things that you've put aside. And what will also probably have happened is that in that process, as you dig down and you start seeing the trauma, things get worse before they get better. That's one of the things that 
we hear the treatment effect. I've shown that in my research, but it's and it's that can make you 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 get you grieve you grieve for that time. But it, and it's, it can increase anxiety and depression because you're seeing what happened. But mm. you have to you have to to bring those <clears throat> up and get them out in order to change them. But while you're doing that, you're reconceptualizing into something that the, you can't change what's happened to you, but you're changing what's in you, and that's what you're describing. And in doing that, in that process you then are able to start seeing there were some good things as well. You know, you're starting to reconceptualize your whole perspective of life, which is... It's incredible. Mel, that, that is just so powerful. And I wish I could carry on. I'm just looking up and my, 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 the time and my producer's waving in the background. I've got another interview coming up <laughs> in 10 minutes and then one directly after that. So we've got five minutes to wrap up or five, four or five minutes to wrap up. And But this is part one. There's going to be more, many more parts. Please, will you come back Let's again so we can yes, continue? absolutely continue the discussion and, and do whatever, which will be amazing. But what, what can you, in sort of three or four minutes, and then we'll obviously we'll tell people where they can find you, how would you, what would your parting words of wisdom, I mean, you've just spoken wisdom from the beginning, but what else would you like to add to this discussion of part one? Just give yourself this gift. You obviously listen to this podcast and you follow Dr. Leaf because you are committed to healing, to learning, to growing. And you're probably also a very smart person if you're tuning into this and an analytical person. You can hear Dr. Leaf's enthusiasm. And, you know, I think oftentimes in life, when life feels overwhelming or your problems seem really big or the dreams and the goals that you have feel very far away, we make the mistake of thinking that the solution or the tools that will help you bridge the gap, whether you're trying to bridge the gap between healing, where you are and where you'd like to be or building something that you dream about that you think that the solution has to be enormous because the thing you're taking on feels enormous. I've found in my life that it's the exact opposite, that it's the simplest and it's the littlest things that make the biggest difference. And so just give us, you know, you're going to need to do it for at least 63 days, but just give us five days. Try it. Just try it. Because, you know, maybe it does sound a little too good to be true, but what if this was actually the thing that unlocks the cage that you feel like you live in? What if this actually is the way you open the door to something new? What if this simple high five in the mirror cracks your wide open and lets all the light back in? Because that's exactly what's happened in my life in doing this for over a year. Well, that's incredible. And I'm going to be doing it every day from now on as well. And I encourage the listeners and the viewers to get Mel's book, to join the challenge, to follow her on social media. Where can they get your book? Where can they? Well, you can buy the book anywhere. So just get the book wherever you like to buy books. And for your international audience, it is coming out now in 31 languages and counting by the day. And you know, if you can't afford a book right now, I want you to know that we've got you covered. Not only is there tons of free content on Dr. Leaf and my social media pages and YouTube channels and this podcast, of course, but if you go to highfivechallenge.com, so H-I-G-H, the number five, challenge.com, and I know that Dr. Leaf will put it in the show notes, you can join a free five-day challenge with your first name and an email address. It is hosted on an app, so you don't have to be in a Facebook group. You do not have to pay for the app to take the challenge. You will be in the challenge for with 126 as of this day, 126,000 other people. And every day, it's really simple. 
We email you in the morning to remind you to jump in. You watch a video training from me. You do a research back journal prompt to deepen the understanding about what you just learned. Then we ask you to share what you've learned in the comments. And then you get high fives from people around the world for just doing that. And it's five days of it and it's life-changing. And so that's something you can do for free with your friends, with your colleagues, by yourself, whatever you need, highfivechallenge.com. And then you can buy the High Five Habit anywhere books are sold. Fantastic. And your social media handle, we'll put that link into the pages. What's your social media handle? Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins. There you go. Yeah. And we'll put that in as well. Mel, you are brilliant. You're phenomenal. This has been so wonderful. I feel so excited and encouraged. Thank you for the work you're doing. And I look forward to our next conversation. I look forward to doing something together and helping people even more. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's been a real honor to be with you. I've admired your work for a long time, and it is absolutely thrilling to hear not only how enthusiastic you are, but to hear your brilliance and to hear how your research over these decades, over the decades and being a pioneer in this field of study, you've just deepened my understanding of what this is doing. And that's only going to help me help more people as I am on a mission to get this simple free tool out to the world. Thank you so much for those kind words. And Thank you for what you're doing and till high five till we see you till we meet again. Thank you so much. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself And my guests, the content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.